podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Hello and welcome to podcast eight of From the Rookery End, coming to you not from the pub, not from the railway arms in Bushy, but from the back of Jason's car. Hey, well you're in the back, we're in the front. Yeah, I'm the the youngest. I'm the youngest. Yeah, Jason's driving. I'm the youngest, so I'm in the back. We're on our way to Barry Island, head of Watford's big away game at Cardiff. That's right. We're all going on a European tour. (laughs) So if you haven't heard us before, welcome along. My name is Mike, um, and with me is John. Hello. And our chauffeur for the day, Jason. Hello. We're three Rookery End season ticket holders, and this podcast is a little window into our lives as Watford Football Club supporters. What? You've forgotten who the most important man who's with us. Oh, Xavier. <laughs> Xavier, the lucky Watford snowman. He's in my pocket. He's in the pocket. He's, uh, we went to great lengths last night to keep Xavier happy. We turned the heating off in the house to keep him <laughs> keep him nice and cool. Uh, we've got no heating on in the uh, in the car just to make sure he's comfortable. Um, so Xavier is, of course, with us. Uh, if you didn't know who he is, um, Xavier is uh, the lucky snowman. Crafted by Jason's dad, uh, wearing a lovely little bobble hat and scarf crafted by Jason's mum. The very same mum who knitted Jason a Wilf Rostron. Um, which one they will see. So there's four of us. We're on our way to Cardiff. We're going to take you with us. Um, and what we got coming up on today's podcast? Coming up, we've got a brilliant interview with uh, our new favourite Watford player. Well, not taking over from John Eustace for uh, for Mike, who he adores. Interview with Martin, the BFD Taylor, the big friendly defender, Martin Taylor. We've also got a special song. For the new Wonder Kid, the latest Wonder Kid, Piero Mingoya, we'll also be uh, having a chat about what has been one of the most fantastic months of Watford football in living history. And of course, we'll be soaking up the wonderful city that is Cardiff. We're all going on a European tour, a European tour, a European tour. Any change for the bridge? Email the boys, podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. Still uh, on our way to Cardiff. Can't quite see the Severn Bridge quite yet, but I'm sure it will show us where we're headed. It's gone anywhere, John. Don't worry. It's not going to. We're not there yet. But what a month of football we've had. Last time we recorded this podcast, we just had back-to-back wins. We'd had a glorious win against QPR, haven't we? We did wonder if it could get any better, and it did. And it kept going. And we are now five more games down the line with a winning streak of seven and an unbeaten run of nine. Extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary. There are stats galore. I can see the bridge! Oh, there's a bridge! There's a bridge! There's a bridge. It's a, I told you I hadn't gone anywhere. There it is. Uh, Such a warrior. We're breaking records all over the place. First, best run we've had since uh, 2007. Danny Graham broke a, was it 19? I think it's 1929, the last time a Watford player scored. Um, <laughs> Scored seven goals in a row, and I think if he scores today against Cardiff, makes it eight in a row. I think it, um, that's the first time since uh, 300 BC that one player scored eight in a row. So um, I almost remember that being the old man. <laughs> Is it the, just just after I think? Did your dad tell you about that my one? My dad told me about that one. So for you, what was the best win of all those seven, Jason? For me, it's got to be the Cardiff one. It's been an obvious one to pick, but I think there were a couple of key things in there. We'd just come off the back of the QPR game, it would have been so easy 
for the guys to sort of feel overconfident. Um, you often get that after the Lord Mayor show feeling. And the second thing was the fact that I think it was the first time we'd got a goal down and then turned the game around oh, and yeah. won it for a year. And again, that was that was a big thing for me. We were, with our young side, I think I said at the start of the season, I was worried about how they sort of react to certain situations, and that was one of them. And for them to turn around and win so convincingly after that, I think it was absolutely fantastic. Well, my favourite game is, is almost for, for a very similar reason. Mine is the Scunthorpe away game. Because during that game, Carrie went off, Eustace wasn't playing, no. Graham went off, yeah. Andy Taylor went off, uh, you know, and was, what was at the moment, we hope, his last game for Watford. Come back, Andy. <laughs> um, the floodlights were going off left, right, and centre. This is a team that made us look like clowns at home earlier on the season, yeah. and we're certainly doing their anti football that they seem to play and just doing a good job of stopping Watford or stopping an opposition rather than actually playing their own flair and trying to score a game. Isn't it nice for us to be talking about anti-football as opposed to being um, accused of it? Yeah, I suppose it is. How, I mean, how times are changing. Yeah. They mentioned it on the radio last night, actually. They're saying that Malky's getting Watford to play the right way. And I think that's part of the joy of this little run. It's not only people are noticing our results, but people are noticing how well we're, we're playing. And it's a... Probably the first time in my lifetime that we're Watford are getting credit for playing good football, so um, that's a sort of double double night scene. Anyway, John, sorry. Yeah, so, but that's Gunthorpe game. Three stoppages for floodlights. Yeah. It's a young team. Gunthorpe, Gunthorpe, pay your bills. Pay your bills. Gunthorpe, Gunthorpe, pay your bills. And you know that the whole situation could have taken their minds off it. Could have made them lose their heads. Could have dipped them. We went behind. All those situations. But as Jay said. They came back. Yeah, I agree. They came back and they they they, they ground out that win, yeah. and that's the sort of the biggest thing for me at that game. It shows that this young team we've had all season are growing and they're progressing. They they are coming back from behind. They are grinding out wins, yeah. and that's the best thing. It means, yeah, we can score goals, but we can also finish off games. What about you, Mike? What was your well, favourite? Rather, rather selfishly, mine was the. Um, it was the Portsmouth game that we won 3-0. There's two reasons. One, it's a selfish reason. I was at university in Portsmouth. I know it might surprise most of you to know that I'm university educated. <laughs> I am. But I went to university in Portsmouth and I had to put up with day in, day out, Portsmouth fans saying how good they are, how brilliant they are, how this and that they are. They're the best fans in the world. Well, let me tell you something, Portsmouth fans. You're rubbish. <laughs> so it's always an absolute pleasure for me to be in Portsmouth for that reason. But also... Sort of almost going on from your point, John. In a game where we were so so comfortable, really, I don't think we were ever that we were ever in any danger that day. But what Watford have been guilty of in, in the past is really seeing games out um, when when they're in when they're in the box seat when they're when they're comfortable. Um, and they, and this Watford team really is doing that. And that Portsmouth game was the first time when I actually thought, right, we're in no danger here. We're going to win this. Um, and you know, I was thinking that for most of the game. You know, normally you're thinking... You, you didn't feel that against like Middlesbrough, did you? No, I didn't, I'll be honest. Um, and I'm sure most Watford fans will, will agree, if they, if they think back, there's all too many games where we've been 2-0 up, maybe even 3-0 up, let one in, and all of a sudden it's... Um, you're worried, you're looking over your shoulder because we've been there before, um, and we're almost haunted by, you know, just off the top of my head, that Blackpool away game last year when we were winning... And uh, oh, hang on. We've got we're at the toll. We're paying to get in to Wales. How much, mate? Five seven. Five seven. Oh yeah. Do a deposit. Can we get it back on the way? Cheers.
<laughs> we're in, yeah, right, we're paying toll. Right, we're in Wales. Yeah. We're, we're all going on a European tour. A European tour. A European tour. But anyway, back to this amazing <laughs> month that we've had. Where were we? I was saying that, yeah, we Watford saw that game out. Mm. And we looked, we looked comfortable, um, we looked in charge, and we saw it through, um, which was... How nice is that for a football supporter to be able to sit back and watch your team play, knowing full well that you're going to, you're going to win? As a Watford fan, that hasn't happened much. So for me, that Portsmouth game is a, um, a double-edged beauty. Don't be fooled by his smile, he plays with pace and gal, he's Mingoya. He is shorter than me, he is just five foot three, he's Mingoya. Big dark hair, sexy stare, Italian flair, you'll sing Mingoya. He came through the youth team, his debut was a dream, that's Mingoya. Some of the individuals. That, we, that, have, that have been standing out in this game? Tom Aldred. <laughs> well, you know who hasn't been in many of those games? I missed a fair few of them. It was Mr Johnny Eustace. Yeah, John. Um, but my, my man of the, of the month, I don't know man of the match in a few games, has to be Mr Martin Taylor, the BFD himself. Yeah, blowing dreams into your room. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jason? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think he's sort of peaked at that, that, that last game, that derby game, he was absolutely immense, absolutely fantastic, solid, um, he was, yeah, Dale Bennett playing alongside him, so it wasn't just yeah. playing his normal game, he had to look after Dale, young lad, not played too many first team games, He's getting um, and, as it well. was, and it was, and he looked so calm on the ball as well, he get the he's ball. bringing the ball He's out of defence, like, he's in the six yard box, and he gets the ball and he plays it around and he's still cool as you can you can be. That's what I love watching about him. It's, it's interesting. You read, you read sort of opposition um, feedback on, on on games when they've come against up against Martin Taylor. They say, you know, he's a massive unit. He's really hard to play against. And he's sort of opposition players. He's like opposition fans. He's just like this big man, mountain beast type of thing. Whereas you're right, John. If you if you scratch underneath the surface and watch him a little bit, he's actually a really good, calm, comfortable footballer. And you'll hear later on um, in this interview, we've got an interview with him in this podcast, mm. and he's a calm and considered... Thoughtful. Thoughtful, very intelligent bloke. So I think there's more than meets the eye with, um, with Martin Taylor. Worth actually giving a shout-out there for Dale Bennett, who's made yeah. a couple of appearances and certainly seemed a committed young fella. Yeah. Uh, annoyingly, at the last at the derby game, I had a moment of, yay! And then, ah! When Will Buckley scored and takes you above me yeah, in the... Uh, in the, the season, uh, goal scorer of the season yeah, competition boys, you, that we've got. Yeah, boys keep arguing over second place. Yeah, because uh, Danny Graham has scored his amazing goal run, yeah. which basically puts this whole competition out, definitely out of the way of me and you, Mike. Um, well, Jason. Well, he shouldn't have been allowed to Danny Graham anyway. No. But the question was, who's going to be top goal scorer? It was, yeah, uh, it's not really in the spirit, is it, Jason? <laughs> 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 mentioned Danny Graham, obviously, uh, I think he goes without saying he's had an amazing month. But my player of the season, not the season, the player of the month, so you mentioned him there is um, is Will Buckley he um, he sort of signalled his real arrival I think in that Cardiff game um, where who was the left back was it Naylor yeah L- was it Lee, Lee Naylor, Naylor. Naylor yeah. 
Um, he was running rings around him, and he, he ended up. He got Naylor got booked, gave away a penalty, and ended up being substituted after 27 minutes. <laughs> um, now I know he's a bit of an old man, but but nonetheless, that is an absolute roasting, and that that really set the tone for Buckley's Buckley's month. He he'd had a tricky tricky period. He had a he had a dip in form, and he was left out of the team. Um, but he's come back firing on all cylinders and he's just putting Watford on the front foot all the time. He's bombing down that wing. He's giving people defences stuff to worry about. Um, and he, he's a massive asset to, to, the, to our team. And, um, he, Danny Graham aside, because obviously he's, he's been sublime. But um, also, he's been another one I want to know, I'm not saying he's my favourite player of the last month, but great that he's coming to side in, uh, in centre midfield is, uh, is Ross Jenkins yeah actually come in and, and, and is, is filled in deputising deputising for, for, for Johnny Eustace not in a in an equal fashion for John but did the job that was needed and it's you know he's not been on that field that much but you know that he's up to the, the squad mentality yeah I agree I mean Ross Jenkins gets I think he gets a, he gets a tough time of it from supporters because he's one of those but he's not a pretty player let's face it um, he's a water carrier isn't he he's someone that sort of has to He's a workhorse, basically. He's not very pretty. He had a, he had a couple of poor games last year, I think, um, when his distribution wasn't great and, his, and, he, and he looked to be tired. Um, but he's the sort of player that we need to have to come in. Um, you know, we need to have strength in our squad and him to come in. And the, fa- the fact that he have, we haven't noticed him, I think, in, in a strange way, is, mm. is, is real credit to him because to replace Eustace, the initial, initial thought is, crikey, that's going to leave a big hole. Yeah. Um, but for someone to come in, and for us not to notice Eustace's absence, I think that's probably the highest praise we can we can give Ross Jenkins. We mentioned some individuals, but all round, each of those Watford players has had a great month and has, has, has given something to that team. Yeah. So congratulations. Well done, one and all. One and all. From the rookery end. Howie, I'm Martin Taylor. And I'm Danny Graham, and this is... I'm a stupid football manager. Get, Get me, me out, out of, of here. here. All right. It's a deer's bush to a trial. We have QPR manager and all-round numpty, Neil Warnock. How are you, Mr Warnock? How do you like heights? No, not really. In this trial, we're suspending you from the floodlights on this bungee cord. From where? Neil, you'll see below you. We have put loads of strikers all over the ground. All you need to do is collect them, chuck them into the QPR team bus. We know how much you love buying strikers. Now look, lads, come on, I don't like the idea of this. And that's precisely why this is so blooming funny, Mr Warnock. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for every striker you get on your bus, you will win an isotonic sports drink for your team. Ready? Uh, just wait a minute. How are you go? Can I just get... Danny, you did tie the other end of that bungee to the floodlights, Reet. Huh? That was your job. He'll be fine. That's all for today. Join us again next time for more fun and games on Martin and Danny's I'm a stupid football manager. Get, Get me out of here! Keep up with the podcast blog on fromtherookeryend.com. 
We are on a train to Cardiff. We've made a slight detour. Yes. Uh, we stopped train. It's actually what appears to be a converted bus. Sort of like a tram meets minibus meets um, model train. It's an two carriages, bus seats, uh, but a very friendly conductor who's given us very clear instructions. Let's get to the ground. So and, the yes. and, the and the best rate possible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the train is moving, so that's all you can ask for. Um, but yeah, it, the reason we're on a train at Carlos is because we've stopped off via Barry Island, <laughs> a quick beer, and a, and, a, and a couple of photo opportunities. Yeah. And a couple of beers. <laughs> and a couple of beers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're here, and you know, it's, it's these sorts of moments in away trips that are, are, are magical, yeah. Michael. They're magical away trips. Those, those little moments of our photograph taken in the front of Barry Island. Well, it's exploring new frontiers, isn't it? That's what it's all about. It's about sort of being places you've never been before. Yeah. Mythical, faraway places that you'd probably never visit and probably never will again. But never would again. You'd never visit them if it wasn't for football. Football takes you to some um, some great and interesting places. And uh, looking around now, it's uh, exactly where we are. <laughs> A great and interesting place. Yeah. But all-time favourite. Away trip. What's your all-time favourite away trip, Mike? Mine is um, is really simple. It, it sticks out an absolute mile for me. It was. I can't remember the year, so you'll have to forgive me, uh, Matt Rouse, and if you're listening, you'll uh, <laughs> you'll be able to tell us in a heartbeat. I think it was about '95. Um, away at Peterborough. Towards the end of the season, we were stuck in a dreadful relegation battle. It was the year that we first signed Tommy Mooney on loan, I think. Um, looking at Jace. Yeah, it might be 94 then, I reckon. 95 had a good season. I reckon 94. We also had Dennis Bailey on, on loan, who was something of a super sub. Anyway, we were away... No at, relation to Jason. No, no. no. <laughs> Jason Bailey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That much is pretty obvious. Um, is that because he's so good at football? Yeah. yeah. Well, that or... Yeah, OK. <laughs> I was going to make a milkman joke, by the way. Cut that out. Cut that out. Um, Anyway, we were away at Peterborough on a Tuesday night. Both Watford and Peterborough were involved in a really sort of dire relegation struggle. There was no sign that either of us were going to get out of it, but what was clear was this game was a, a winner-takes-all. It was as close to a relegation six-pointer as you can get. Um, I got there quite early, a couple of friends, my brother, we drove up there. I was still at school at the time. Um, we got to the, the away end very, very early and it quickly became apparent it's going to be a very interesting night. There must have been about 3,000 Watford fans there in total, but already we got there, we got there probably about half six and it was already, the terrace was already packed. Um, the atmosphere generated by those Watford fans that night was incredible. The game was ridiculous. <laughs> Seesaw, um, one end to the other, both, both teams displaying fairly obviously while they were in a relegation scrap. Both defences. Awful. Awful. <laughs> if I tell you that Watford had Perry Digweed in goal, you'll probably realise the sort of, sort of team that we're talking about here. Did the opposition have AD Boothroyd playing from that day? Well, there was a rumour circulating that Boothroyd played that day. I don't, I've looked back at the records and I don't think He's he was playing. He might have played in the home game. Because someone, someone else told me that he scored the penalty in that game. At Vicarage Road, yeah. Right, OK. So uh, someone told me it was a London Burger. Anyway, long story short, relegation six-pointer, three, three and a half thousand Watford fans packed into a tiny terrace. Watford won 4-3 with an injury time winner. I think it was an injury time. I might have been adding that for John. <laughs> a bit of uh, poetic license. But it was just the most extraordinary game. So much riding on it. Um, it swung back and forth. Um, there was never more than... No one, no one got ahead in the game by more than a goal. Um, and the noise generated by the Watford fans that night was just something. Just talking about it now, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. It was just one of those games 
Jason's just checking his not the hairs on my head aren't there aren't any it was just one of those games where it just it, it mattered so much to everyone and we were so lucky that the, 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 the dice fell in our favour that night but the atmosphere was just amazing I think you know, there's two bits that you said there my favourite away game the best away game is where the whole crowd are yeah. just at Watford yeah, the Watford fans are all there together and there's something right in it. I enjoyed last year, uh, last season, the Reading away game, yep. fun and games. I'm going to go at Brendan Rodgers. My favourite away game, though, <laughs> was uh, uh, last time we came down from the Premier League, our away game at Coventry. It was a Wednesday night. I was living in Wolverhampton at the time. And really last minute, I went, I'm going to go to Coventry. I'm going to go down. The mates that he was going. So I drove down the M6 to go, in, to go there, parked up, found a corner, went in there. And that was the, that was the, the middle of our, what was our last major run of, of you know, wins on the trot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, the magical that was Adam Johnson was playing. And we won three. The magician. The men's magician. The magician that Adam Johnson was playing. We won three 0 Absolutely spanked it. It was half. I think it was half term in October. So the crowd was just packed, the whole Watford was packed and everybody was behind that game. I remember A.D. Boothroyd at the end of the game was saying how great the fans have been and it's when you get that whole crowd feeling away again that makes it even, yeah. even a little bit more special than actually the game that goes on the pitch. Well, I think what, so what happens at away games is that people have, made it, have generally made an effort to get there. Yeah. yeah. So there's, um, having got there, people are determined to, to sort of have a good time and just to make the most of it. You know, people have spent money, people have invested time, and everyone that is there really is there for, for the same cause. So um, invariably, away games are, are really entertaining. I'll never forget one of my proudest moments was seeing that, that fan, the first time Watford were in the Premiership. Um, and we got relegated, and I think it was away at Middlesbrough, we had a relegation party. Everyone got dressed up, and there was that amazing banner that said, what, we knew we were getting relegated, it said, Watford FC, we're out of your league. <laughs> Which I just saw really, was nice, but you know, that just sums up the sort of, yeah. the, um, um, the sense of humour of away fans. And camaraderie. The, camaraderie, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jason, what about your favourite away game? My ever? favourite away game was QPR away, 2006. <laughs> Everything about that game was funny. <laughs> away, yeah, QPR took the lead. Guy that scored a penalty, Nygaard got booked for it because he, he celebrated, he took his shirt off, got booked. Um, we then, they then had a great chance to, to go 2 0 up. Furlongs, Lob Foster, both bounced off the turf, all the QBR fans jumping up and down. Well, Furlong Ball, was away celebrating. Yeah, it was, yeah, Furlong was away celebrating. Ball's gone, hit the bar and gone back into Foster's arms. So we were all taking the Mickey, jumping up and down, celebrating the non goal. Looked up, there's actually Young sticking it in the top corner at the other end. One all, we've gone absolutely <laughs> nuts. From the throw out, um, Foster yeah. threw it out. It was, yeah, and then a few minutes later, Nygaard and Ensign have a bit of a handbags. Both players get booked for Nygaard's second, off he goes, red card, even more funny. Second half, Santos' own goal, we go 2 1 up. It's absolutely hilarious, absolutely loved it. Great day, we're on the way to the playoffs. And we know what happened after that. It was, the, it, was the, it was the game that just kept on giving, wasn't it? It was, it was. <laughs> Let's hope for another one today then. Fingers crossed. From the rookery end. So here we are at Cardiff's new ground, just before the uh, Cardiff versus Watford game. Watford are nine games unbeaten, seven wins on the trot. So at what point as Watford fans can we start getting excited? So we asked the Watford fans at the Cardiff-Watford game. I know he says 52 points, but if we win today, then definitely. If we win today, I'm going to start looking up. The next couple of games against Palace and uh, Preston as well, they're massive games. And I think if we can pick up 
probably I'd take seven points from the next three games. I think yeah, then then we might be able to start looking at it and you know, we'll take it from there to be honest. At uh, the end of February, I think. Yeah, I think we I believe we have seven league games in February coming through. And I think that's a big month for us. I, I, I personally think it's uh, ready in a way. If 52 points is where? Today would be 45. Palace on the Tuesday would be 48. 51 will be Forest. See, that's why I said Reading away. Okay. I think if we get to Reading away, then I think everybody would be celebrating because I don't really care what happens after that if we're in Championship next year. Start thinking about it when we get 52 points. About April the 28th. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, it's so competitive. There's about half a dozen teams behind us at the moment, and it could just so easily swap around in about two or three games. We have got a very good first team, but our, it, our squad is very thin, and I think there's other teams in the Championship but just below us at the moment, like Forest and Reading. They've got stronger squads that are going to come through in the end. Our best hope is that we just keep our first team fit. If we can win all of our home games and draw our away games... Then... Not being realistic, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe at the end of next month we've got a few hard yeah, games. February's a tough month, number of games, the away games we've got. We're still doing okay then. Um, yeah, and, and keep hold of our players this month. Maybe add a couple back in, be good. So some, some people getting excited already, some, some maybe being a bit more cautious. Cautious, yes, we were there, cautious. So Mike, how about you? You're the pessimist in the group. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Well, it's hard to say. I can't. I, I'm trying really hard to enjoy our winning run, but I can't hey, help. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Seven wins on the trot, multiple goals going in. Tell me you're enjoying it at least a little bit. I am enjoying it a little bit, but, but. there's always a but. I can't help but think it's going to end soon, and I worry about that. I, I hate the feeling of a winning run coming into an end. Um, no, right, right. What, what have you lost today? Doesn't matter. No, doesn't um, matter. I agree. I agree. One game. But I think if Watford can get something out of this game at Cardiff today, I think that'll be a real show, a real sign of, of the, this team's credentials to, to push on. I think if Watford get a result, a draw or a win away at Cardiff today, I think probably Watford fans will start to believe that there's there's something achievable hmm. this year. It's hard to say because anything could happen. Suspensions, injuries. Um, you know, we've got a lot of young players who are performing at the peak of their abilities at the moment. But any any sort of knocking confidence could result in a dip in form. Marvin stops scoring. You know, Will Buckley, we've seen. He's he's. We mentioned him earlier on in the podcast. He's had a he's had a drop off in form. I don't think it's quite. I still feel it's quite fragile, despite it have been sort of a, in effect a three month period of, of, of really good results for Watford. Well, I, I, I'm aware of the Championship itself, how, yeah, we can go lose three in the trot, but we can go win four in the trot and we're back exactly where we are. This whole league is is could just change on a, on a, a flip of a coin, almost. It's, it's that much fun. I, though, I'm, I'm excited. I like the fact that we can go somewhere. I like the fact that, yeah, we can win these games. We can do something. I'm not saying we're gonna, but we have got the potential to, for, for doing what it, we all dream of. If you hadn't realised before that John's optimistic, <laughs> after a couple of beers, John's even more optimistic. Oh, no, no, it comes the voice of reason. So, to Jason, Jason, my pessimist, I'm the optimist. Uh, optimist. How are you feeling? I, well, I subconsciously found myself getting a little bit carried away the other day. I do a 10k run in London uh, on the second bank holiday Monday in May every year. I'd already booked on, on it. Um, and then I just thought to myself the other day, oh, if Watford get to the playoffs, 
there'll be a bit of a clash there. And, and I was like, oh no, what am I doing? <laughs> Chastised myself immediately, like getting too excited. But yeah, I was thinking there's a chance if we get to the playoffs. Um, yes, we got worried the things Mike's talking about, injuries, suspensions could cause a few problems. But then we've had a few recently and we've kept the run going, so who knows? But hey, hey, listen, if we're, if we're even talking about even an outside chance of getting into the playoffs, I think that, that, that's, that's got to be a good thing. Well, you know, a couple of the guys we've spoken to have said, hey, let's get through February. And he's right, we've got so many games going through February. And you know, this week, you know, we've we've got two low knees, uh, Andreas and uh, Andros from, uh, from 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 Premier League sides. And I, everyone says, you know, why are we signing strikers? Why are we signing strikers? Because well, we've got so people. many games coming up. Well, we need be... that cover. We need to get through those games. We get through those games. We get to the end of February. We're in the right position. I believe. <laughs> well, I think that the point behind those two signings is. Their bodies, their extra bodies. In mm. you know the start of the season, everyone was everyone's big worry was how how small our squad was. And I think if we're getting back up in, in key areas, then that's um, that's all right by me. Hopefully, we might get to talk to uh, a couple of them after the yes, after the, the game. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what they what they think about to, uh, about joining Watford. We'll see if we get to them. But extra bodies, extra backup, it sort of it guards against that fragility I was talking about. There's still a lot. It wouldn't take much to puncture this for us. Like I say, I'm desperately trying to enjoy it. Let's see what happens today. Uh, oh, just come on, you Come on! Come on, Keep up with the podcast blog on fromtherookeryend.com. Half-time here, here at Cardiff. What a game. Um, Half-time, 3-1 to Cardiff. An incredible game so far. Cardiff went ahead 3-0. We got back 3-1. Will Buckley, Danny Graham possibly should have made it 3-2. But one of the again one of the key performers for Watford in that first half has been um, Martin Taylor. Who's been Martin Taylor, Taylor, Martin Taylor, put, put your head on it. it. Martin, Martin Taylor, Martin Taylor, put your head on it. As Beyonce would put it. But Martin Taylor's been um, you know one of the key performers in that first half. Everyone on the pitch, uh, fairly solid work at the back, although uh, we have been cut to ribbons on occasions. But he's done well, and he's done, he's done what he was doing all season, which is a been good at the back and b getting forward. So. Martin Taylor again prominent in the Watford side. We were lucky enough to catch up with Martin at the Watford training yes. ground earlier this year, um, and here's what he had to say. So, Martin, thanks for joining us. Welcome to From the Rookery End. Uh, you were born in the North East, is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you've arrived at Watford via the Midlands, via yes. Birmingham. Is it safe to uh, assume your next uh, club's going to be Bournemouth? It will be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that. I've gone Newcastle, I've gone to Blackburn, obviously, and then Birmingham, and then Watford. So, yeah. Either, either that or, or France, hopefully. Or maybe even Spain, that would be better. <laughs> I'm looking at the clim climate side of things, but I'm looking out the window and seeing snow at the minute. So I'm thinking Spain's probably a good idea. Particular club in Spain that suit your style? Uh, well, Barcelona, probably. I think you would have to say it. Barcelona and Real Madrid, I think they're the only ones you got to look at. They're, they're crying out for an entertainment. They are, yeah, yeah. You're a senior player in this squad in terms of your experience. Thank you. Was that one? Of, you know, you're more than one. Yes, <laughs> we, we deal in facts here. All right, yeah, that's good. No need to thank us. Um, was that was the fact that you knew you were going to be a, sort of one of the more experienced players a big part in you in joining Watford from Birmingham? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, when I when I spoke to the, <coughs> to Marky before I came, I spoke to the manager. He obviously said that was going to be um, something, a, a, a sort of responsibility I was going to have when I came, and it was it was appealing to us at, at this stage of my career. Most of the time, it's, it's I mean, it's funny in football you, you you do move quickly from being one of the young lads, no experience, and then you, all of a sudden you're one of the senior ones, and you think, I wonder if that happened. But yeah, no, it was uh, some, like I said, something that was. 
appealed to us and um, I've enjoyed it so far when I've been at the club. You scored your fair share of goals this season, yeah. which is good news. Is that conscious effort? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I've, I've scored quite a few since I've been down at Watford so far and just add as many as I can. When I look at, look at how many I've scored in my career, I probably think I could have had a few more. I do get a few chances and try to put myself around the box as much as possible. And, but it's not the, I mean, the way that we play, we, we work hard on our set pieces yeah. and um, there's, a, there's a few lads in there that, that do really well and create space. So, yeah, it's, it's been going well this, so far this season. I just need to hopefully con- add to it and get a few more. Against, against QPR, was that a dummy or was that an attempted flip? You know, I did actually dummy. I, did, I, did actually, I knew I wasn't offside because I came from around the back of him and I thought I'm probably better off just leaving it because if I'd touched it, I would. I, knew, I could see where Paddy Kenny was and if i touched it, I would probably knock it at him. So there's more chance of it going in if I leave it. So I, I said to Jordan, I can claim half a goal for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you half his goal bonus? Yeah, yeah, no, he said, he, said no, yeah, he said no to that. I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you say is harder? Keeping him out or sticking him in? Uh, <laughs> depends what game you're playing. Sometimes, I mean, we've probably conceded too many goals this season I think even though a lot of the time we haven't been under a great amount of pressure so I mean it's a back four we've, we've, on, the, on the whole I think we've done quite well yet you look at the goals against Carl I mean there's too many against us so I mean and it's like that in football if you're waiting for a clean sheet it's a, it's very difficult to keep that clean sheet you go into a game and think it's a back four you say right desperately you keep a clean sheet today whatever we do we keep a clean sheet and you concede in a few minutes and you think well that's, that's wiped that out straight away so sometimes it's, it's very hard to, to not concede them and just things go against you, you concede a penalty, there's never a penalty, things like that, and all of a sudden there's, there's a notch up against you, so, and then and then on the other side of it, I'm sure a forward will tell you that it's, when you haven't been scoring for a while, it's going to put the ball in the net's difficult as well. Sure, so is that when? So is that first goal harder to take as defender than perhaps the, the second, as you know that clean sheet's got? Yeah, I think so, yeah, I mean, in the game, I mean, that's that's what you want to, that's one of your main aims going into the game, I mean, obviously it's a team you, you want to win, that you're, you, that's your objective as the team, but the objective of the back four is to, to concede as few as possible, and Forget the clean sheet because that's when you come at the end of the game. That's what you you're most proud of. If you you win one nil and score the winner, you're more proud of the clean sheet than you are of the goal. Yeah. So um, that's it's it's a massive thing. And yeah, I mean, I think for the back off the season, we need to look at the fact that we've probably conceded too many so far. And if, if we can keep a few more clean sheets and a few more notches off the ball, then that'll be better for us. You've got a degree in political science. Yeah. What the hell is that? Well, <laughs> it's, it's actually an open university degree, and I did okay. it uh, most of the course in political science. So I came out with that at the end of it. But it's just about like international economics and okay. international relations and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Is there much politics in the football changing room? There's, um, there's n- what talks about politics. <laughs> actually, <I'll> just like <laughs> actual politics. Um, no, not really. There's not too bad. I think everyone's quite amicable and um, they get on quite well. And there's, yeah, there's um, anything that needs to be said is, is said quite quickly. So there's, there's, um, every, yeah, like I say, everyone seems to get on quite well. Okay. Yeah. And if you had to form a coalition with another central defender, who would yeah. it be? Um, in the world, any defender in the world. What other than Adrian Marion? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, with the centre half, I think that uh, Vidic is fantastic for Man United. I, I think that he just he's just aggressive and he's one of them. But like Yapstam used to be as well, just kind of strong pillar at the back. And I would imagine any centre forward playing against him knows they're going to be in a tough game when they come against him. So I think he's a great player. Um, who was your uh, first ever footballing hero? I probably I used to watch Tony Adams quite a lot when I was young. I used to think that he was a great player. Obviously, as a defender. A been in defender all me even as a young lad and thought that he was someone you could really look up to obviously on the pitch at the time just the way he could control the, the, the back four and control the team really from such a young age it was an incredible thing really there's a couple of tailors well there's three tailors at Watford yes who's the best MG or A 
Who's the best at what? I mean, obviously, it's <laughs> 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 temptation. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've all got our, our, our special attributes at the moment. But uh, no, I mean, Graham Taylor does a, a great job as, as uh, chairman, and he, I think, he's brought a lot of confidence to people around the club, people within the club. Do you know what I mean? I think he, he's such a fantastic name at the, at the club, and I think when the, when there was a bit of problem last year, he was the right man to step in and, and do what he's done. So he's done fantastic, and obviously Andy's been great since he's been here as well. He's filled in a, le- a left a left back slot that um, will need a left foot. I really didn't have a left foot in the team, and he's done fantastic. Great left foot, great um, quality from that side of the pitch, and uh, I think I do all right as well. I think, yeah, not too so bad. Your uh, your nickname is Tiny. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I don't know. Some people call it. Some people just don't. The, um, I, I, got, I picked it up from a, I think it was youth team coach when I was Blackburn when I was younger, and then it spread quite quickly. And then all of a sudden there was like players from different teams calling it. I'm like oh, funny, and then it gets in the papers and obviously that. But I mean it's all right. It's, it was funny. It was in Starskin Hutch, wasn't it? And one of those ironic names and stuff. I laughed at that. But yeah, I don't mind this. It's did, all right. Did you have another nickname when you were a kid? Just tails, really. Yeah, tails. Nothing, nothing, nothing too extravagant. Are there any other notable nicknames around the club? For the lads. Nah, pretty unimaginative, just like usual, just like sticking an S on the end of someone's name or, <laughs> or something else. And... Email the boys, podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. Well, 4-2, boys. What a, a... what? Yeah, what a game. I mean, it, it was, OK, we're a bit disappointed we lost, but what a great game of football. It, and it's a bit of a cliche, great advert for football, the championship, but... Today was it was sort of an amazing game of football. We said before the game, didn't we? The away games are always special. There's always um, a bit of a better atmosphere. There's good camaraderie amongst the away yeah. fans. Um, just to see an away goals almost almost makes it worthwhile. Um, but something to, see, to cheer. Something to cheer, Jason. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice line. And cheer we did. We all, I don't know if John and I are going to admit we were still finishing our beers at the start of the second half when Marvin Sordell's goal went in. Yeah, but we saw on the screen. It's, it's, it's a modern stadium. They've got CC cameras and TV going around the place. I saw the goal go in, just didn't see it. <laughs> so I we made, we made with my cup of Bovril. <laughs> yeah, Jason had a cup of Bovril at halftime. So he goes, oh, oh what, lads, I'll go back and watch the game. You just finish your drinks, which but we what did. We, what we said on the way up was that we're now watching a Watford team that doesn't give up and that just... Um, and keeps on keeps on going, and they really, really did today. And in, in tough circumstances, it was a big crowd, 20, 23,000, I think. Players who know their way around the game. There was a lot of a lot of time management, a lot of game management from the Cardiff players today. A lot of provocation, and those as well. Will Buckley got fat, wouldn't like to be the physio on Monday morning because he's oh, going to have some bruises yeah. to treat. Um, but again, this team just kept on going, kept on going. Four-two. Doesn't sound great, but I don't think it tells the whole story. Well, so for you, Jason, then what was what was the the story of the game for you? Story of the game for me. Well, um, obviously Cardiff, I think, played the played as well at the start. They, they had a bit of play in their in their half, but they played as well on the counter attack, and they scored three good goals. There was no luck about them. Um, and if you hit the back of the net, then you deserve to be three 0 up, yeah, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we got the goal back quite quickly. Danny Graham had that great chance, and we were looking good, and we were playing some nice football. Um, and I think we played as well going forward as we have done um, in this good run that we've just just finished, but just couldn't quite get that that equaliser. Uh, and in the end, because the guys were working so hard to get an equaliser, they looked knackered, and it, and it, me and Mike said it, it looked more likely that it was going to finish 4-2 than, than 3 all, and it happened. More, more than enough crumbs of comfort to take away from that game, though. I mean, I think people either looking in the paper or, or reading a match report might see might see the score and be a bit disheartened that we lost 4-2. 
but there was no way that was a, a 4-2 game and far more positives to take out of it from a Watford fan if I was a Cardiff fan going home from that I'd be, I'd be a little bit worried I think but John... they were worried they were worried you know they went 3-0 up you we got point, one John, goal back. We, we did that against Derby and saw the game out. Yes, Cardiff, we did. But you watch that Cardiff, yeah, you, you listen to that bit, sort of the atmosphere of the Cardiff fans, they went 3 0 up in the game. And they, you'd think they'd be singing and laughing and all the rest well, of it. Fun, fun. We got, no, 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 but we got one goal back. And all of a sudden, silence. And you could feel yeah, there the tension. stress, there the tension, tension, the pressure that they were putting on themselves, thinking, hello. They have been on a, on a bit of a dodgy run, haven't they, Cardiff? And, and I guess you thought the home fans thought the worst was going to happen again. They thought they were going to go from 3 yeah. 0 up to, to 3 0. They very, very, very nearly did. Danny Graham had that chance before half time to make it 3 2. And then, we, and of course, we did, after we did make it 3 2 early in the second half, we did have the ball in the net, um, probably with an hour gone or so. Mm. Make it 3 0, that was ruled out for offside. Um, and then minutes later, Bucko hits the post. Yeah, so lots and lots and lots of positives. Um, Craig Bellamy, not one of them, but from a Watford <laughs> point of view, top performance, top day out. Um, we'll be back. So after the game, we, uh, we hung out, stroke stalked the Watford team. Uh, they were outside the brand new stadium that is the Cardiff City Stadium. Uh, I thought I saw Lewis Hamilton. Mike agreed, but then also Jason goes, no, that's the new loan signing from Tottenham. Andros Townsend uh, and we got to have a quick chat with him and this is what he had to say. What were your impressions of Watford before he signed? Uh, it was a good, good club for youngsters coming through. I know a few players that were here last season, Tom Cleverley and Emily Lansbury, Jordan much this season so it was a good club for me to come to and hopefully aid my development. Who was the first player you met at Watford? Who was the first guy to shake your hand? Uh, Dale Bennett. I know him from, I used to play him when I was coming up through the youth team and I see him as I was coming in so he showed me around and that and he's okay. been alright so far. So. Good host? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about the first goal you scored? The first goal I scored? Yeah. yeah. I think it was at Yeovil. It was like a wide foot that gone in at the far post, so I was a bit lucky, but I'll take it. <laughs> what was your favourite goal to score? Favourite goal was when I was at Orient and it was against Yeovil. I like, just ran from like just outside my own box and then scored in the upper end. So Yeovil's cropping up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, not all yeah. glamour, right? <laughs> <laughs> and who, who are you rooming with at Watford? Uh, Martin Taylor, I was rooming with. Oh, okay. Before you were a professional footballer, first yeah. started watching game, getting into football, yeah. who was your first hero that you kind of looked up to? Uh, Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. Right, yeah. Fat Ronaldo. Yeah, not Ronaldo. <laughs> Legendary Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. He just uh, always scored goals, didn't he? And what what do you take? What, you know, what kind of what players do you and the current game of football that around who you uh, kind of take, take influence from? Players like Ryan Giggs, players like that. Like players in my position. Who else? Gareth Bauer at the moment. Aaron Lennon. And luckily they both play for Spurs, so I can get tips yeah. from them. That mm. so it's good. Thank you to uh, Andros for talking to us. We uh, it was tough for him because he literally come off the pitch and uh, and they lost obviously, so it wasn't the, the best time to talk to him. And <laughs> be fair, standing up in front of a bunch of blokes who had a couple of beers yeah, probably well, wasn't the greatest thing in the world. Not me, of course. I'm driving. Yes, it's, it's fair to say the day has not been without drink for for John. But we it wasn't just Andros we managed to get a uh, a little word. No, with. we also had a chat with. Well, I say we had a chat. <laughs> I tried to have a chat. With Cardiff, probably their probably their most high-profile player, Craig Bellamy. I thought I'd try and get his thoughts on mm. on, on, on Watford. Basically, mm. I thought it'd be interesting for fellow Watford fans to hear what it's like to play against Watford. Who better to tell us than Craig Bellamy? And what did he say to you, Mike? He told me two words. Was all it took. He said, "Do one." 
<laughs> he wasn't the only Cardiff player we tried to chat to. Fortunately, his, um, his colleague, an England striker, Jay Bothroyd, proved himself to be much more amiable. Uh, and I had, we had me and John had a lovely chat with him, and yeah, this is what Jay had to say. I always think at Watford in terms of the, the team that you played today. Uh, they're good, obviously, they got a lot of energy, um, a lot of young players. And you know they, they made it a difficult game for us. It's always a difficult game against them, and you know, I'm sure they'll be up there towards the end of the season. But you know it wasn't enough today for them. A three 0 Jay. Did you think you were there? You think you're home? Yeah, yeah. We took our foot off the pedal uh, a little bit, and you know obviously uh, Watford got back in the game. You know, brought it back to three two, but you know we killed the game with a fourth goal. No nerves at all. No, I, you know. It's football, isn't it? Now he's come through the territory. You know, you've got to concentrate on what you've got to do, and, and that's it. And that's to take care of itself. Just a thought about England. Thoughts about England. If it happens, it happens. You know, I've just got to keep him off my club. So there we were, trying to get a word from Craig Bannerman, and he told Mike to do one. Who turns up behind him? Another than one of the best boxers of all time, Joe Kawasaki. And Mike asked him. Well, this is what Mike asked him. Joe, what do you think of Watford today? Any good? Right, wasn't he? All right. That Quite counts nice. as an interview. That counts. Yeah, Joe totally. Calzaghi. Mike has interviewed Joe Calzaghi. And I think we can put that down as a podcast exclusive. <laughs> podcast exclusive. What do you think of Watford? They're all right. And that'll do it for me from an undefeated boxing champion. Joe, what do you think of Watford today? Any good? Yeah, all right, wasn't he? Thanks for downloading the podcast. Thanks for reading the blog being part of the Facebook if you want to be part of the Facebook facebook.com forward slash rookery end you can find us all on Twitter Jason how can we find you on Twitter uh, I am at Jace Bailey that's J-A-S-B-A-I-L-E-Y Mike you are rookery Mike the one and only come and find me come and say hello and I am rookery John watch out for the blog posts on fromtherookeryend.com and also watch out for our pages in the Watford home programme but not against Brian we don't do FA Cup games do no. we no. Thanks a lot for uh, for listening. Thanks a lot for getting involved. Send us your emails, podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. Thanks to everybody who uh, had a chat with us at the game at uh, in, in Cardiff. Three months season left to go, lads. Anything could happen. Anything, anything could happen. Come on, you are! Right, when I...